Welcome to this Frequency Matters podcast. I'm Pat Hindle, and today I am with Jens Erler, IoT Senior Business Development Manager at Ericsson, and Jonas Rundberg, VP of Software Engineering at Voy Technology, to discuss micromobility. Welcome, Jens and Jonas. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So Ericsson uh, recently released a report on how to maximize IoT to advance the micromobility market. Can you tell us exactly what micromobility is and why it's important? Yeah, of course. My pleasure if I may start. Um, so in the end, uh, micromobility is really all about lightweight electric vehicles, so providing mobility in, in, in shorter distances. Um, and that could actually be all sorts of lightweight mobility um, vehicles like like e-scooters, e-bicycles, pedelecs, um, maybe segways, skateboards, or whatever type of form factor we may even see in the future. Um, in the report, though, we did focus very much not on the electric vehicles as such and the market related to, to these, but rather on the micromobility services market. So that is um, service providers like Voy um, who are providing shared mobility services based on lightweight electric vehicles. So what kind of growth do you expect from this market and how does that break out by segment? There's obviously very different um, market predictions. We, we typically see a growth in the range of 13 to maybe 15 percent annual growth. Uh, there's about, if I'm not mistaken, 40 million or so lightweight electric vehicles um, operational today. Around 10 wow. percent of that, like like uh, 4 million, are um, operated in Europe. Um, but then, of course, it's also a market that is consolidating quickly now. So that means for some of the players that the growth rates are actually much higher. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree with, with you, Jens, there, and I think micromobility is still a very, very young industry. Uh, and, and we were among the first uh, boy launching like three years ago. And, and we can still, we, we can definitely see that e-scooters are, are here to stay. And there's still a lot of room to grow uh, with a huge demand for, for these type of services, what we see. And since launching 2008 to 2018, we've seen our users taken more than 90 million rides across uh, Europe with Voy. So uh, and on, on the growth side, we see a 140% year-on-year growth. So I said definitely there is huge demand in, in the market. Yeah, so it's certainly more prevalent in Europe and even Asia compared to the U.S. So how is Ericsson enabling this market and what tools are available for businesses interested in getting into this market? Yeah, big story. So as, as Ericsson, we provide, um, as I guess you know, besides all these um, mobile technology that is deployed around the globe to connect virtually anything, um, but be, be beyond that, we are also providing a platform for managed cellular IoT connectivity, which is then used by, by enterprises such as, as VoI, um, but also by connectivity service providers providing the IoT connectivity services to VoI. Um, in, in the case of our project here, this is Arkesa or, or Wireless Logic. So what we do here has in the end two two perspectives, two dimensions. There's the enterprise perspective, if we start with that one. So like as for Voy, for example, um, if so, if, if you have a business as the one 
um, of, of why um, one thing you want to do is you want to scale fast and efficiently. So you, you, you don't get rich by operating a handful of scooters. And then scalability really begins on connectivity level. So if you can't manage a large number of cellular subscriptions and the related SIM cards efficiently, you basically can't scale anything that is related to digital services. And what I mean with managing is really subscription lifecycle management, like you, you want to order, test, activate, monitor um, SIMs and subscriptions. You may need to change price plans. You want to pause um, connectivity, for example, in case of suspected fraud. You may deactivate um, subscriptions or SIMs at the end of a lifecycle of a scooter, etc. So that is very much the, the asset-centric perspective. But then the other thing is, of course, that um, as, as a company like Voy, you, you have the challenge to um, operate a whole fleet. Uh, I mean, there is tens of thousands of, of that, such scooters or hundreds of thousands um, that, that you operate. And then it's really about understanding uh, which SIM is, or, or then the scooter, of course, related to it as well, is, is where, uh, connected to which local radio network, how much data is consumed, etc. And then there is aspects like real-time troubleshooting. Uh, you may want to do automation of all these processes related to subscription management. And preferably, you want to do all these things under one contract uh, with, with one um, connectivity service provider leveraging one set of APIs. So that's essentially what our platform is providing for enterprises. And then the connectivity service provider is that uh, perspective is that uh, a company like Arkesa or Wireless Logic, of course, wants to design and deliver uh, a connectivity service offering, uh, defining the features, the capabilities, data flows, create price plans, define roaming profiles. Also, of course, being able to monetize their services. So, and all that, of course, at large scale as well. So that's very much the, the, the two dimensions that we provide here in top of basic infrastructure. So we often connect uh, 5G to these uh, Internet of Things connected devices and machines. How will 5G improve the user experience and further enable micro mobility? Also here, we need to look at, at um, the, the two perspectives, the, the enterprise perspective and uh, a mobile operator perspective. So then if we start again uh, with the enterprise perspective, and here to be really honest, I mean, for, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jonas, but for a, a company like Voy, there is currently not really any need to, to use 5G for current use cases. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. It is definitely something we keep a close eye on, and we monitor the the expansion uh, quite closely. Uh, I believe that it will be it will add value in the future, but currently we are not using five G. Yeah, so a little bit as Jonas said, you know, the, this market is going through a steep learning curve, and and that's how we see this as well. Yeah, two of the main promises that um, 5G promises that are often discussed are, for example, data rates and signal latencies. And then when it comes to data rates, if you look at what is driving data rates across all industries today, um, at the forefront are, for example, digital cameras and, and computer vision, um, edge computing type of use cases, live video type of things. Um, I think, Jonas, you can probably elaborate a little bit on, on, on how VOI is already today experimenting with computer vision and digital cameras. 
Um, yeah, for sure. You... And I, I think that uh, it is quite safe to say that that video cameras will be a core part of, of micro mobility in the future because it enables so much features in terms of, of safety, traffic regulations, how we park scooters, and etc. I think that what the, the trade-offs that we can look at here is once we have a camera on the scooter, then the the uh, the five G or, or uh, network allows us also will allow us to decide: Do we need to put the logic on the computer, or do we have enough bandwidth to to transfer the video and we low latency make decisions on the cloud and then get uh, instructions back to the scooters, etc. So I think that. Uh, right now, I think mo almost all vendors are putting a lot of the logic and machine learning on the actual scooter and IoT, while with lower latency and higher bandwidth, it also allows us to have more flexible solutions on, on that aspect. Yeah, and vision or idea to put intelligence into the cloud, into the edge cloud in particular, I think is also something that we see across all sorts of industries. So essentially it's about offloading a device from the the need to of from that intelligence, right? It, it makes the, the device simpler, it makes lifecycle management, maintenance simpler, everything becomes more cost efficient. But if then the the intelligence is offloaded to an edge cloud, then of course there will be an increasing requirement on signal latencies. Yeah, in, in particular, if there needs to be uh, a control mechanism back to e-scooters, for example, um, from the cloud, then it's mandatory to have low signal latencies and, and an ultra high reliability as well, of course. So here is also where I think future use cases also in the micromobility space can benefit a lot from 5G. No, I think it is also important to understand that like, we are today very reliant on, on connectivity and, and positioning, of course, in, in general on the scooters. And then all our vehicles are, of course, equipped with an IoT box, uh, which, which allows us to communicate with the scooters and also allows the, communicate, the scooters to communicate back to us, of course. So that is a central part of the whole operations and the whole user experience. And, and the five, we're currently on 4G, 5G enables us to kind of do that even further, even more advanced and even more flexible solutions, as I see it. And then we have the mobile operator or connectivity service provider perspective that I indicated earlier as well, that we should keep on the radar here. And then we talk about things, for example, such as connection density, right? If you imagine urban areas today, there may, easily be sort of a six to seven digit number of sensors um, going to be deployed per square meter. Yeah? If you imagine use cases in the smart home uh, domain, which may be connected through cellular networks, um, all kinds of variable devices, maybe from watches to glasses to clothing, um, public safety use cases and, and, and devices, smart infrastructures of all kinds, uh, traffic, yeah? light, electricity, water, transport, Mic mobility then as part of the of the transport segment. So we will see an explosion of devices and it's also a highly dynamic environment. Um, some of these devices are moving fast. There may be events where all of a sudden many 
let's say, take a football stadium, for example, where many fans may take an e-scooter to drive to the stadium and then in the stadium use mobile phones to watch players, performance parameters, look at different camera perspectives, share video sequences in social media and whatnot. So operators need to be able to cope with a really high density of devices in a very dynamic environment and need to be able to allocate um, network capabilities and network capacity dynamically to where it is needed. So this is sort of indirect business benefits. It allows um, to make these use cases like connected micromobility to happen, but also other things. And last but not least, um, 5G will further allow to reduce the operational costs for operators, which should then also be beneficial for also for enterprise um, companies like Voyagen. So again, here, two different perspectives. Great. So uh, what other types of connectivity uh, solutions are you using on these type of uh, devices to monitor them and position them, you know, like GPS, Bluetooth, or is there any IoT protocols other than cellular that are used? Yeah, I'll take that one. I think that in, in general, it is really important for, for us as a, as a micromobility operator and for our, news, for our users to, of course, know where the, the scooters are uh, and then to be able to communicate with the scooters. So in, in general, the, the ecosystem looks as we have IoT on the scooter and then we have the user accessing this via mobile app and then we have a lot of the fleet management log, log, uh, logic on, on a cloud solution. And if you look overall, we utilization is of course super important for us, utilization of the fleet. And we wouldn't be able to do this un unless we had like proper connectivity solutions on the, on the scooter. And we are now by, by far the, the leading operator when it comes to utilization with roughly 40% more trips per vehicle per day than our closest competitor. And as an example, we want our e-scooters to be in the right place at the right time. So every time you would open the, the mobile app to find a scooter, we actually measure uh, how many scooters you have within 60 meters uh, uh, throughout this this uh, connectivity solution just to be able to measure our fleet efficiency and to optimize for where we put scooters etc we also need to be able to ha have this connectivity to be able to locate the vehicles to be able to swap batteries and and, and do maintenance etc so it is it is truly at the core of our of our uh, company we, we use a 4G modem right now to communicate with the cloud backend. Uh, and this allows us to, to track all the sensory data and all the telemetry we have from the scooters, including position uh, in, in real time. But we also have other sensors like accelerometers, signals from the, from the motor, signals from the brakes. And, and um, we also use these connectivity solutions to together with other sensors like, like air quality sensors, ambient light sensors, to help cities actually gather data. And we provide this data for the city planning for them to op uh, optimize their own infrastructure. Uh, on top of the modem and together with the modem, we of course use the GPS to track location. And the so the communication together with the GPS is, is at the core. 
when we build this, we do this quite closely and with a close collaboration with the chipset providers, for instance. So uh, the antenna solution we have, both for the GNSS and the cellular, is developed together with them. Uh, and we are having a completely custom-made setup where our providers help us both with like antenna simulation and, and test, et cetera, to actually get really proper high performance out of uh, both the connectivity and the location. And so I can imagine that these have to be, you know, very small and you have to test that performance on the scooter itself. So you, do you do simulation and testing at that point? Yes, uh, it is. It is actually not as small as you would expect if you compare it with a typical IT device or telephone center. We actually have much more space on the scooter and in our IoT box. Uh, so this actually, from an from a antenna perspective, gives us many more options and far better performances. We have less problems with interference and, and we, we simply have larger antenna real estate to, to work with. So how do you ensure a secure network for transactions made in these applications? If, if I shall start here quickly, Jonas, and then, yeah. then you can complement. Sure. Um, because here it is really very much also the connectivity service provider, like in this case, um, Wireless Logic or Arkesa, um, yeah. playing a critical role here. And there's two main aspects, I think, that we should highlight. The first one is there needs to be, of course, a secure um, data transmission from the device to the cloud, uh, in this case from the scooter then to, to the VoI cloud. And here um, for the for the VoI solution, Arkesa has um, developed a fully redundant and secure data path to the cloud from, from VoI uh, using um, a private APN, so a private um, uh, access point, and uh, also an IPsec VPN, basically. The other aspect is to protect SIM cards really from theft and or misuse, right? It may be tempting that someone tries to to open the the, the housing at, at at scooters and 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 use the the SIM card for maybe a personal smartphone. And to be able to um, prohibit this um, and to protect SIM cards, Arkesa is pairing the the uh, the the identification number of the device, yeah, the so-called EMI. Um, on the network with the IMSI identifier, which is identifying the SIM card. So should this pairing be broken through someone stealing a SIM card from a scooter and putting it into her or his um, smartphone, then uh, the, the, the solution will automatically um, trigger an alert, for example, or could even automate the, the handling of such a situa situation by disconnecting the, the, the connectivity immediately, for example. So two key aspects here. Yeah, Anything uh, to uh, add, uh, Jonas? Yeah, no, yeah, it's exactly as you say. And, and we, we have this fully automated together with Arkesa. So when that link is broken, the SIM card is actually deactivated and cannot be be, be used. And and uh, to to your point there, we we use a private APN uh, via via Arkesa, which means that there is no access to our devices over the 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 normal open internet, so to say. So this makes the voice scooters in our IT much more secure than than other things that would need full access over internet, like smart homes or mobile phones, etc. 
And then the data there is encrypted over LTE from the modem to the base station and then traffic through Arkesta and Ericsson networks via private APN. And as you mentioned, IPsec to our cloud backend. So it is a very full secure solution that is in place. So I can imagine there's a lot of different rules and regulations in different cities and countries. So how are companies like Void dealing with different regulations and rules about you know deploying micro mobility solutions in cities? Yeah, I mean we took integrity, of course, integrity of our users very seriously, and, and we only share, of course, aggregated aggregated data with cities and fully compliant with with GDPR, etc. Other than that, there are a few regulations that, that is different uh, from for, for different software platforms that we use for our service. And, and regulations tend to be stricter on the hardware side, like the physical uh, physical aspects of vehicles, rather than on the on the uh, telecom side. Uh, and of course, there are restrictions on on our daily operations in cities. So typically, what we see is we we need to work much. Uh, more on the uh, on the vehicle side, on the vehicle aspect of regulations, like with the length of frame, the maximum weight, and the maximum speed, etc. And then some of these regulations, then we can like speed limits, for instance, we can adjust them via software and configurations, and we, we can even do so in real time over there. So, as an example, in some cities, we could reduce the speed during nighttime and, and several cities have like slow zones where the maximum speed of a scooter is safely reduced while you are driving the vehicle etc. In general we are operating in a very market that is uh, moving towards regulation for, on the micromobility side and we've been very pro-regulation from day one and uh, we've done a lot of self-regulation to tackle issues like bad parking or road safety. Now, I, I can add a bit more, but like, for instance, then if you talk about geofencing, which is, is part of, of, of our IoT, that there's a lot of regulations on where you can park in cities, for instance, and we wouldn't be able to adopt these regulations if it wasn't for the connectivity solutions we have in place together with the GNLSS and, and the, the cellular modem. Uh, and then, this geofencing enables the, the scooter to trigger response when a, a mobile device or when the IoT enters or leaves this particular area. So this could be used for, for slow zones or mandatory parking zones, for instance. And this allows or this type of technology again, allows us to, to impact actually the user behavior in real time uh, in terms of uh, slowing down the scooter if you're leaving the city or you're not being able to end the ride if you're not doing so where you're allowed to park, etc. And Voy actually continues to be the number one leader in both the unregulated and the regulated markets here. And so far, we have won more than 40% of the licensed markets, uh, which is also more than twice of our closest competitors, something that we wouldn't have been able to do without this technology. Well, that's great. You've been very proactive in doing that and you have all those controls in place. So uh, what are the benefits that consumers and cities will realize for improved micromobility overall? Well, I mean, we believe that we should shape cities made for, for living and we are committed to the 15 minute city concept. 
which is the idea that you can access everything you need to carry out in your daily life within a quarter of an hour by by walking, or biking, taking public transport or, or our shared micromobility services. And about 50% of the space in cities right now is dedicated to cars, either roads or parking space. And we believe that our service can play a crucial part in reversing car dependencies in cities so that space can be redistributed for social interactions like activity areas, local businesses and urban greening and, and other activities making cities livable and vibrant. So I would like to, to add something here, actually, Jonas is indicating that a little bit in a subtle manner, but um, I think it's it's it, it's good probably to highlight that this is very much an ecosystem play here. So it's not really just about VOI and e-scooters, um, but it's about understanding uh, all the, the players related to or involved in establishing urban mobility concepts and um, a need that these players need to work together to create value, to seamlessly ensure that scooters are and, and other lightweight electric vehicles are integrated into such urban mobility concepts. So city administrations do play a role, different service providers play a role, application providers play a role, academia is often involved, the city administrations, of course, public transport companies, and maybe others also related to, to use cases that, that we, we don't even have on the screen yet. So I think it's really important to understand this as an, as an ecosystem play and as a market that almost demands co-value creation. Do you see that similarly, Jonas? Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, you're right. And, and, and we still, still see a large room to to expand this big need for what we call multi-modality with new markets, new vehicles and, and new verticals for our products. And we collaborate with, with over 50 public transport authorities across Europe, just as you say, Jens. And for example, we have close ties to the national transport authorities in, in Sweden, SC, in, in UK, Deutsche Bahn in Germany, SPB in Switzerland. And, and together with all of them, we, we foster an intermodal and improved city accessibility and and a lot of parking innovations, for instance, so you, to, to your point. Excellent. Well, I have a much better idea now about the micromobility market and how it really fits into the overall scheme of things. And it's great that you guys are both taking a holistic view of how it fits into everything. So thank you, Jens and Jonas, for uh, discussing IoT and how it will advance the micromobility market. We appreciate your insights and plan to follow this market as it develops and hope to have you back again soon. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Jens. Good to see you again, Jens. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. And to our listeners, you can find more podcasts at podcast.microwavejournal.com. Thanks for listening.